0: I'm Fleur East. Welcome back to the reality of reality TV, where I uncover the secrets, expose the truth, and spill the tea on our favorite reality TV shows. So let's
1: get into it. Hi, it's Amber Gill here, Love Island winner 2019. And I'm talking to Fleur East about my reality of reality TV. For this episode, I caught up online with the winner of Love Island, Amber
0: Gill. Now, Amber's series of Love And was the only season that I watched from start to finish, so I had to talk to her. I wanted to know what it was like to fall in love with millions of people watching you, what it was like being selected as an original cast member, not a bombshell, who goes in to stir things up between couples, and what it feels like for her best-known moment to be up for a BAFTA. So, before this, I was very much looking forward to having a conversation with this gorgeous woman, the winner of Love Island, the only solo winner of Love Island,
1: (laughs) it's Amber Gill. Yeah, girl. Hi. Oh, guys, solo winner, you know. (laughs) can't believe you just said that. How does that make you feel when people say that? Um, I feel a little bit bad but I mean I think there is a little hint of truth in it but I do yeah. feel slightly bad because it wasn't all me it wasn't all me. I mean
0: we could argue was you <laughs> I'm gonna go with that.
1: <laughs> Before we start I want to ask you
0: something because I spoke to Amy mm-hmm. a little after she'd left the island and she told me that there was like this running joke that they used to call you Fleur
1: East in the villa. <laughs> is that true? That's been an ongoing thing for my whole life, actually. No. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's been a thing for ages, way, way, way before Love Island or anything like that. I used to get called Fleur East all the time.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. Before we've even spoken, you've been like you know, having to hear my name, like wherever you're going. But yeah, I was probably like <laughs> biased and supporting you from the minute that you walked in, maybe for that reason.
1: You have to. <laughs> Same hair, <here. laughs> Stick together. Exactly.
0: So firstly, how would you describe Love Island? For, for someone who's never watched it, who doesn't get the concept, how would you describe it?
1: Um, ooh, I would say it, it's obviously a dating show. It's like a reality TV dating show in the sun. Yeah, pretty much. And I think typically you
0: expect a couple to win the show because you're kind of like paired up, you're coupling up, you fall out of love, you fall back in love. But I guess the reason that everyone calls you a solo winner is because you were kind of on your own for majority of it until right at the end when you got with Greg, which was like, what, only a week and a bit before the final. So, arguably, we're like, well,
1: if we were voting for you, Amber, it was really for you because we didn't really know Greg that well. So, at the beginning of the show, I wasn't very well liked at all. Yeah. And then people grew to underst- understand my personality. For some reason, Love Island, you have to really grow to like people. Mm, interesting. Or you like them and then you don't like them eventually, or you love them and then you hate. Like, it's just, it's a bit mad. It's interesting that you say that people didn't like you before so what's made you think that when I came when I came out obviously I had no idea when I was in there but when I came out my mom was like oh well done blah 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 but she was like e, the first week was really really bad I wanted you kicked off the show I said what she was like yeah she didn't want us on it anymore I was like why she was like people were being so mean all of our social media about just having assumptions on what my personality was like And I always said that to my, to my mom. I always said, before I went in, I said, look, I said, people won't like me, but they'll grow to like me because that's always been the case throughout my life, but especially on the show. So what I did, what I actually did was I went back and watched the couple of episodes where people were really going in on this and being like, oh, she's a horrible, she's horrible. And I was watching it. I was like, I'm actually not being that bad. Like, I think some people just can't, especially with girls as well when they're so upfront and they've got quite a dry sense of humor people don't know how to take it
0: Mm,
1: yeah I agree it took a while for people to understand that no she doesn't think that she's the best looking thing ever she's just like that's just joking and that's just the way that she is because I found a lot of people at the end were like oh she grew as a person I didn't actually grow as a person you just got personality more you know a lot of people complain about the edit. Um, and Love Island, but I was really happy with mine because that's a true reflection of what normally happens with people. They don't like me initially because they're like, this girl doesn't like me, or she's being rude, or she's very upfront. Um, and then people understand, and they're like, oh, she's probably one of the best friends that you could have because she's always going to be honest, and she's always going to try to make you laugh. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what exactly what happened with the uh, public on that show. So it was a re- it was sort of a fair representation of what I'm actually like. So let's get into what you were doing before Love Island,
0: how you even got into it,
1: because I heard that you were scouted, and then why you even decided to do it. Okay, so before I went on Love Island, I was working as a beauty therapist. Me and my auntie had a salon in Newcastle. But there came like a month or so where it just wasn't going too good and we kind of wanted to branch out. And in that period of time, I got a message from ITV2. It was a verified account on Instagram saying, oh, we've got a show coming up in the summer. We'd love to like chat to you about it more. And I was like, mm? so I left it for a couple of days. And I was like, this is just weird. And then I showed my auntie. I was like, what do you think about this? And where kind of the people with the philosophy of. It's like, what if? You've got to explore your different options because then I would have just been thinking, well, I wonder what that message meant. Mm. So I replied to them and they scheduled a call and then straight away I got put through to meet people in London. And then it just snowballed from there. I had to do a medical, I had to go and meet the execs, I had to film a VT and then I was just on. Every stage I got to with my auntie, I was like, well, you never know because people get to these stages and then it might not fit in with the cast. So every stage I was meeting execs, I was like, well, you never know, I might not get on. And then I was filming my VT and I was like, you never know, I might not still get on. And then I was on the plane, I was like, right, okay. <laughs> but even even when you are in Spain, they still tell you to, to be uncertain of whether you're gonna be on or whether you're not. So I was still, I was in Spain and I was thinking, mm, there's a good chance, but still I might not get on. Wow. But one funny thing about my personal experience was, when I got called in the UK, they were like, oh, we want you to be a bombshell and da, da, da. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> they mm. were like, no, no, it's great. Like, but being a bombshell is like great. You have such an impact on the show. And me personally, I'm not the type to like steal someone's man or be really confident and go in and be like, I like him. Mm. Like, that's just not me. Yeah. But my auntie was like, look, this opportunity isn't going to come around often. Just go. So I went. And then halfway through the lockdown in Spain, the execs all come in like unannounced to like my villa. And I'm like, why are they all come in? And they're like, right, okay, we're gonna change your contract around a little bit. I was like, okay. They're like, we want you to go in as an original. And I was like, well, now you've built this up to be a bombshell. And I was like, oh, no, that's what you wanted? And I was like, no, cause now I've got it in my head that I'm a bombshell. We'll change it now. But then I was happy to be an original cause that's what yeah. I wanted to be anyway. And that's what I felt comfortable doing. Yeah, you got to be savage. Yeah, you know what? I am savage, <laughs> but just not like that. <laughs> no, but looking back now, I would have been the worst bombshell in history because I would have walked in and be like, "No, nah, I don't like any of these guys." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So there are so many
0: people that are obsessed with Love Island. I never understood before, but then when I watched your series, I was just like hooked. I was getting vexed when people were getting vexed. (laughs) But like, so I understood it after a while why people were so addicted to the show. But while there are so many fans, there are people that love to slate it. They love to slag it off. They love to say, this is such a superficial show. It's just beautiful people going on this thing. I mean, they're not there for love. They just want to be famous. Like, Mm -hmm. do you feel that there's a negative connotation to be associated with Love Island?
1: And does that bother you? As the show's grown, it it's not so much a bad thing now. I think beforehand it was really really bad. Like oh Love Island, like oh especially with the, the year that I was on, they kind of made it a bit more like child friendly. So I remember when I was in the villa. Some people were being really rude, and they're like, you can't be speaking like that mm. because the, the the wanted what was happening to make the edit, but they don't want to make it too you know, too swearing, or too vulgar, or anything like that, Mm. Um, because they used to focus heavily on, like, smoking, and sex scenes, and stuff like that, when there was none in my year, so I do think the the connotations of people saying, oh, you're from Love Island, I think they're not as bad now, but there definitely is still the people that have those bad views, and I'm just thinking, just watch the show, like, I never once had sex, I didn't really want to kiss the boys in challenges, like, you can't just say everybody on Love Island wants to go there for fame because that's not true. Because mm. I can safely say I didn't go in there for fame. But I think that's part of the reason why people, why I got a fair representation of my personality and why people grew to love me because they could just see that I didn't really care that much whether yeah. I was there yeah. or whether I wasn't there. You know, <laughs> if I got kicked off, then it was my time to go. Yeah.
0: yeah. After watching it intensely, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> 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 So I asked you to tell me what your favorite thing about reality TV is. And mm, I found it quite fascinating, your response. So you said, it's great watching people be themselves, see how they mix with other people, date other people, what friendships and relationships grow. Now, when I hear that, it kind of like sounds like you're talking about reality TV as though you're like removed from it in a way, as though you're not, you're not from reality TV.
1: I think my problem is is that I forget you know I've made really good friends so like I'm still friends with Anna I'm still friends with Amy and I forget how I made those friends (laughs) so I think it's not that I want to dissociate myself from it I think I just I forget that I I was on it myself you you sort of forget that it's being filmed after a while like you know the first day you're kind of nervous and you're like oh my god like and then the next day I was swearing I remember when I came up, my I was like, I didn't realise you swore so much. I was like, oh, I forgot. Like, everyone's watching. <laughs> <laughs> what you're talking about there actually
0: ties in nicely with one of your first realities, that you said it's it's not scripted. One thing you've realised about reality TV from being on Love Island is it's not scripted.
1: I, I've never I've never done acting. I'm not a fake person. Like, if somebody told me to do something, if it's not what I wanted to do, I wouldn't do it. There's no way. I think a lot of people... Don't realize that, you know, the sort of push things in a direction so that it's entertaining, but it's all real feelings. You say what thinking, you think, and nobody says you can't say that or you have to say this. There's no list of what you've got to say. You just work from emotions. And luckily, I was just naturally quite an entertaining person. So I didn't really get told say this or say that or do this, or do that. I was actually already getting in the mix with arguments and stuff, like because I like look mm-hmm. for people naturally. Um, Because I I find a lot of um, ex-Love like to say um, that the producers told them to do things. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't have that experience, but I don't know if they can judge who they can tell or who they can't tell. Ah. But I think they know who they're they're dealing with because if they had said to me, oh, go and say to... Molly, that you hate her. Ha! I'm not going to do that. Yes, so Obviously, I don't like to say that other people are lying and that wasn't their experience. But from my experience, the producers never pushed me to do anything I didn't want to do or pushed me to say anything I didn't want to say. I just had free reign. And that's why sometimes I was a bit worried. I'm like, e, what if I said, yeah?
0: <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had those moments. But I find it fascinating what you've just touched on because you've said that producers maybe scan like the individuals that are taking part and go, mm, so I can kind of manipulate that person. So let me go and like try and start a storyline here. But they maybe looked at you and went, nah, Amber's not going to have it. Let's just, let's just not even bother with that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, a lot of people see it. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, the producers told me to do this. And I'm thinking, did they? So yeah. it
0: must
1: just be that they, you know, that they must pick and, pick and choose. Yeah. Or those people are too cowardly to admit that that's what they wanted to do and maybe it was the wrong thing. I don't know. That
0: could be the truth for a lot of people. (laughs) So it's not scripted. You're left to your own devices. The emotions we see are real. Yeah. Now, my reality TV experiences have been one, obviously the X Factor, which is more of a competition, like a talent show situation. Yeah. Then I'm a celebrity it's slightly different again because you're going in there as a celebrity and it's kind of to do trials and things like that. Yeah. But with Love Island, the thing that fascinates me about it is it is purely emotionally driven.
1: Yeah. It is literally,
0: they make a show out of your real emotions. Like you being vulnerable, you falling in love, um, getting your heart broken, crying, like all these things, like having arguments. There's so much focus on your emotions. How the hell do you deal with that as a human being?
1: Um, whilst you're in there, it's just something, I don't know, it just feels like a, a, a crazy dramatic holiday really. So you just, you just deal with it and luckily I made good friends in there so I always had people to turn to. But it is mad and it is very clever because... You can't predict somebody's emotions, which I think is the smartest part of the show. You can't predict what's really going to happen because mm. I could turn around and say, you know what, I actually don't like him anymore. And then the whole plot is just changed. Yeah, yeah. whilst you're in there, it's a bit hard to know that, you know, you're being filmed for entertainment unless you're crying. Like I was yeah, God. And I'm thinking, and i think people are
0: watching this.
1: I don't, whilst <laughs> I, was- I was crying.
0: <laughs> I remember though, um, on The X Factor, for example, I don't remember ever having a conversation Um, with anyone telling me for example oh if if you ever feel like this is getting too much or if you feel like there's too much pressure you can go and talk to somebody I never really had that conversation with anyone it was probably the most intense emotional experience of my life and then it was like completely different when I went into the jungle because we had a psych valuation before we went in and then we were told that if we ever you know faced anything any emotional stress or anxiety we could go and talk to somebody so did you have that option like while you were in there
1: yeah we de- we definitely had that option like you, you had the option to-, to go to see um the therapist the psych whenever you wanted to there were certain days that they came in specifically and there were some times where i had to go not from my own i didn't i didn't feel like i needed to go but especially after the cast situation they made sure that so- somebody was seeing me every day I knew that I was gonna be fine, but it's hard for somebody that's only known you through interviews and on TV, like on a show, how you're gonna deal with that kind of um situation. So that that supports really there, and I think it's a good thing considering how big the show is. And as well, the the difference with the jungle and Love Island is that you can't speak to anyone that you know, like your family. You can't really you're not really allowed to do that or you're not allowed to be around your friends. You're, like, stuck, confined with people, like, you've made friendships with, but they're not your home people. Um, So I think it is really important to have the support because it is enough to, you know drive somebody a bit crazy. <laughs> I totally agree. I think that it's it's really good
0: to hear that though as well because in recent years there's been loads of talk around that mm-hmm. and people saying, oh, that doesn't, there's not enough support. They just kind of yeah. throw you to the wolves and then just leave you to your own devices. So it's good to hear from someone who's been in the villa that it was easily accessible and even when you didn't want it, it was available to you. Yeah. So have you actually watched it back? And when you watched it back, were you like, oh they
1: left that out or why did they edit it like that was there anything that you were surprised about to be honest I think I'm a bad person to ask because I was there for too long that I can't even remember the first day from the last day <sighs> because I was there from day one till the very end now that was such a long time that was like eight weeks <laughs> you know what I would say actually you know I can't remember what it's called the show that they do on a oh, After Sun. No, no, no. The show that they do on a Saturday. When- oh, but Unseen. Unseen, right? Yeah. That is a very, very fair representation of what it's like day to day in the villa. Because that was my favorite thing to watch. So my mom had recorded everything. And I kind of watched just the Unseen this rather than all the episodes. Because like that would have just been so long. Because ah. it's not everyday drama. Everyday people hate each other. It's more fun. Mm. because I wouldn't have been able to survive in there two months if it had been just people hating each other, drama or fallouts or breakups or, like, it would have been too much. Mm. I think sometimes it didn't show how close people were, but you wouldn't have seen that on the show because that doesn't save the purpose of anything dating-related or any drama or anything like that. We used to just, like, you know, the um, stick-on bras that you used to get. We used to, like, throw <laughs> them and see if we could stick them on each other and I remember seeing that on this Unseen bit and I was like, we used to literally do that all the time, but it didn't get put in the actual show. Mm. Do you
0: think after being through reality TV then and seeing the edit compared to the Unseen show, that people are just addicted to a bit of drama?
1: Yeah, I think some people are and it's a bit sad. Like, But maybe they've got such a good life naturally that they have no drama, that they want to see drama on the TV. I don't know. But personally, for me, I don't want to see drama. I would prefer to see people having fun. But I do do think there is some people that are just really addicted to seeing catastrophe (laughs) and bold on the show. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I remember actually um, a journalist came to me once um, at an event randomly. It wasn't even like a press event. I was just out at a show. And they came to me and said, oh, yes, what's been going on with you? And I was like, oh, not much, you know, just live a life. And literally the journalist said to me, oh, that's boring. Don't you have any like trauma or any drama that's happened because we can't write a story out of you doing well. And I was like, Woo! I was like, what? (laughs) <laughs> so basically yeah we do thrive off of drama I remember actually when you came in you had I mean I don't know you can tell me now because I'm talking to you this is what's so exciting but I kind of watched you and I was like mm, she seems to have have a wall up she's got a guard up here like she doesn't want to get too vulnerable too quickly was that a strategy when you went in there or is that just how you are naturally
1: that that's just how I am naturally so like, I think I said earlier, it took me a little bit longer to sort of like people or to, like, want to kiss anyone or just be like, oh, yeah, I like him. We're going to, like, share a bed. I was like, oh, the thought of sharing a bed with somebody, I didn't know. I was like, oh, my God, I hate it. So that's just me naturally. With girls, I'm absolutely fine. So the minute that I walked in, I made friends with all that lineup of girls instantly. Like, hmm. I probably do have a wallet, but I, I kind of like having a wall up. <laughs> yeah, you protect your heart. <laughs> you protect yourself a little bit. I think we all need a bit of that to a certain
0: extent. Definitely. I could never imagine falling in love with someone, kissing them, being vulnerable, like all of that being, like, unfolding before my family, before my nan before the nation, like all those things run through my head. So how, how, what was it like like having your personal moments unfold in front of everybody?
1: For me, in the first days, it was really apparent that, you know, you were on a show and because you had your money pack put on, which you weren't used to, and you had people saying, or move here, move there, because I came in on like a Range Rover with Amy and the, the maid would do that a couple of times. So on that day, it was really obvious that you were on cam when you were on a show. But with that show, you kind of left to do, to just live. So after a couple of days, well, after 24 hours, I would say, you just feel like you're chilling with your friends on holiday because you make friends so quickly. So you just lose the sense that, six million people are watching you Mm. it didn't really run through my mind like what you know my family were thinking and stuff like that but I would say that I didn't really have that many personal moments because I'm very like me as a person anyway it takes me a long time to be close with somebody like I remember being in there and there were six days and they were like who do you like I was like no one (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh. and we're like, okay And then I had the kissing challenges And I was like, oh, I hate this so Obviously I kissed Michael and things like that And then I kissed Greg and I think the most personal moment for me Was that Casa Moore moment Yeah, I don't wow. even know what I was thinking at that point I don't, e- I don't think I was thinking it was a TV show
0: Right, so if you're not a Love Island fan I can hear you shouting What is Casa Moore?" Well, I didn't want to go any further Into this massive moment without telling you So firstly, Love Island is set in a villa where we have islanders that stay there looking for love. Now, somewhere in the middle of the series, they introduce Casa Amor, which is a separate villa. The boys and girls are then separated with some of them going into Casa Amor, and they're tempted by brand new participants. Now they either choose to stick with their partner who they're coupled up with, or they twist and fall into temptation. Now, Amber was separated from her partner, Michael, for three days. And little did she know that while she was in Casa Amor, the producers had planted new girls in the original villa to tempt the boys. Right. So you got it? Let's get back into it. So your defining moment. I mean, we've spoken about it. The Casa Amor. I can't. I need to just... I need to take you back to the moment, uh, you know, when I first saw it and how I felt emotionally, okay, for me. So I'd watch this show. You came in as confident, beautiful woman. I'm like, yes, love it. You had a bit of a guard up. You weren't falling in love easily. You were being selective with who you shared your emotions with. You're being quite quite safe, you know, quite respectable, I thought. Yeah. So I'm watching it. Finally, this guy, Michael, gets in there. Yeah. He gets a toe in there and we see you get vulnerable. And I'm like, oh, my God, has he, has he broken her? Like she's, she's actually showing some emotion here. <laughs> Comes Cassara Co- Moore. Amber, you're there sitting pretty going, now, do you know what? I'm good. I've got Michael. I don't need to. My head's not even turned, mate. My head hasn't even stretched at all. <laughs> so I'm pretty confident that Michael's going to come back and it's all going to be mm. good. It's fine. He's not going to go with anybody else. He's not even going to be tempted. What we've got is good. The minute he walked in with Joanna, I cannot explain my soul. I was like, no, no. I was hoping that after he actually coupled up with Joanna in the other, in Casa Amor, I was hoping that maybe between that time and when he walked in, he changed his mind. Like maybe he'd realise. Now you stayed so calm and now I understand a bit of the background because you said there were people there you didn't know. Um, there were people ra- around you and I'm quite similar to you in that I don't want to break down in front of people. I would rather kind of go off and deal with that on my own. Yeah. So you held it together.
1: But how? <laughs> like, talk me through what was going through your head, honestly, when you saw him walk through with that girl. I don't know. Earlier in, this, in the show, I had already said, you look like the kind of guy that's going to ruin my life. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if that got aired or if that didn't get aired, but I remember saying that to him. So I always had it in the back of my head. I was like, mm-mm. So then in Castro More, the girls were sort of really, really confident. And I just had something in the back of my head. Because I remember that I said, like, how sure are you? I said 95%. I said, but that 5% is taking up my whole brain. I didn't like any of the boys in Castro More. So even if I was single, I probably wouldn't have went for any of those anyway so I was just chilling, that was the worst time, because you just don't know what's going on, and you're doing challenges against the other house, and you don't know who's there, you don't know what's going on, it's horrible, yeah. but then, when, when I came a walking in, I was the last person walking in, now I'm very, like, I think about things, and I was like, if I'm the last person walking in, something's happened, there was no other girls, all the girls I've walk in, I could hear people clapping, People talking, and I was just—I had to stand there for ages, and I was just thinking something has gone on. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was flipped. You walked yeah. in. It wasn't him. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, yes. something's gone on because why is there a huge pause between me walking in? It seems like a kind of build-up, but everyone's going, "No, no, it's fine, it's fine." I was like, "Nah, something's not sitting right in my brain." So I walked <laughs> out, and when they walk out, they say, "Look forward." well I couldn't how can you it's a intense I can't be looking straight forward so there's like little wood slats through where you walk through and I was like peek peeking through when I walked through and I was like oh I can see I can see I can see <laughs> so then when I walked down the stairs I was just like I didn't know what to do so I just walked out the stairs and it was just like just looking at him like no staring. I didn't know what to do yeah was your heart like crushed in that moment like were you angry like what I wouldn't say my heart was crushed because like I said, I'm quite a slow mover. So I, I wasn't like in love with him. I was more just, yeah, because he was the one that was saying so much, oh, I, my head won't turn, my head won't turn, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, we'll see. So I was just stood there and um, I was just thinking, I, <laughs> I can't believe it. I, I, I don't know what to do. But I tell you one thing that I just, I, the, a memory that I hold so close at the minute is that Caroline was obviously there she was just Mm -hmm. holding me so tightly and I just felt I just felt calmer because I knew that she had me so tightly as well Mm. I know she's supposed to be very neutral and she wasn't neutral she was mad and I could tell Mm. and I had her there and I felt like I got a bit of calmness and a bit of strength from her holding me so tightly yeah she was sort of radiating to me like you're gonna be okay she had it tightly and she was like i can't believe he's done this and she was saying everything like so why have you done this so i didn't have to do that so i just actually i love that i love that memory so much now that's
0: an amazing memory to cherish as well that she had your
1: back and in that moment you almost didn't even need to talk it's like everything that you were thinking she was just asking for you. I was just thinking, like, I feel like I'm not just stood by myself because if I had felt like I was stood alone, it probably would have been ten times worse with all those different eyes and all those different pretty people staring at you. It probably would have been mm. ten times worse. So, yeah, that's a memory that I just cherish so much now. Why did you stay loyal to Michael? Um, I'm just a loyal human being and that's the way that I am. So that's what I wanted to do. So I'm happy. Did you expect him to recouple? Uh I don't know. I kind of had it in my head, like Was I had you? a sneaky feeling, like yeah. That is disappointing, but like what can you do? Michael, how does it feel seeing Amber again? Yeah, uh, different, really. Why? Because she stood there alone.
0: And how does that make you feel that she's on her own?
1: A little bit surprised. Really? There's situations where I thought that she really just wasn't that into me. And I think it it was quite apparent.
0: Wow. Was that moment even
1: longer than what we saw? It was the longest night <laughs> ever. Like, I don't think you understand how long it was. So the way that it's set up is one girl walks in at a time as you see, but in between that time, there's long pauses. I don't know what they have to do, reset or whatever. Mm. So you're talking five girls, I think it was, all walking in before me. So um, it must have been three hours or it had to be that long. That was just that way in. And I I was last, so it was just even longer for me. It was horrible. It was so long. And then I was thinking, oh, "Oh, it looks so short on the TV. I had to stand and suffer for hours. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, this is the thing that people don't understand. It's like, psychologically, even having that pause and having to wait and having so much anxiety before you walk out there, yeah. all of that is going to contribute to how you
1: react yeah. when you get out there. Yeah, definitely. I think people judged you harshly because, you know, if you were thrown into that situation, what, what would you do? I could totally relate as well to... <laughs> To the moment afterwards
0: when you then joined your girls again. And it was like, I can't remember who said it, but someone was like, oh, she's dead anyway, man. She's dead anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And I could relate to that because I knew that that wasn't coming from a mean place. Like, and it was nothing towards Joanna. It was just like, your friends would do that naturally, wouldn't they? They'd rally around you and make you feel better.
1: It's not coming from a place of like, oh, like you're ugly. It's coming from a place of that guy's hurt me. I'm probably a little bit embarrassed. I've just had a walk out there. My friends are trying to big us up and I'm just trying to desist. Like, you know, it's just a bit like, it's nothing bad towards her, which I think everyone took it as. Yeah. Um, but um, I think, right, if you've never been in a situation where a boy, uh, your boyfriend is met somebody else and your friend hasn't gone, oh, well, she's not as pretty as you. You're lying. Yeah. Everybody's done that. Exactly. Everyone's done that. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, first thing you do,
0: go to her Facebook and you go, Nah, 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 whatever. Never. If he wants to leave you for that, then whatever. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've all been there. We've all been there. Literally. <laughs> I'm not even mad. If she was really pretty, I'd probably be even worse. But I can physically see that I'm better than her in every sense of the word. So there's nothing I need to say because the floor takes itself. And yeah, I kick off sometimes. But when it happens to me, I'm fine. Although it really hurts my heart that this has happened to me, I know I'll handle it and I know I will be fine and I'm not worried about me at all. Now that moment has been nominated
0: for best moment in the 2020 BAFTAs and now you're against Cory, <laughs> Game of Thrones, Gavin and Stacey, like these shows that have been around for years that are critically acclaimed.
1: Honestly, it's like, I can't believe it. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's it. when I saw it, I was like is this real life is this a is this a prank but I'd like to say if I hadn't been the way that I was you know in building up everybody was kind of like she's a bit crazy she's some I'm rude she hasn't really opened up and then she opened up how is she going to react and mm-hmm. I think it was that <laughs> I would say that got the um the suspense yeah, is she going to kick off? Is she going to be calm? Is she? Nobody knows. Is she going to slap them? Nobody knows what's going to happen here. So I think that's why it's such an intense moment. <laughs> why it got nominated for a book. Can you believe
0: it? As a viewer, when I watched it, the intensity—I mean, I was just fuming. So I definitely understand <laughs> how that is considered as an epic moment in TV.
1: Yeah, it definitely, definitely was. Especially when I watched it back, because with the, obviously when I'm walking back, there's no music. <laughs> I, for myself I was like oh, what you're gonna react like And I'm thinking hold on that's you like <laughs> like it was worse for me watching it than it was actually doing it like I was watching it I was like oh, it was the violins and the suspense music and it was slow and then you heard my footsteps walking out and then this like crazy noise and then it was like Pant and michael yeah it's crazy to watch with the music and the edit because it just makes it so intense so i could, it definitely is an epic moment oh i'm so
0: happy that i got to talk to you about what was going on in the behind the scenes of that moment because
1: up for a BAFTA that and like you've just taken me for an emotional journey i feel like i was there <laughs> one thing that i did like about that um with my cast situation was that a lot i got i get a lot of messages from girls being like oh you inspired me to like not stay with my toxic boyfriend or you inspired me to be stronger or so I love that that's probably the main reason why I don't look back on that journey as negative in any way because I gotta show some girls you can be strong and react like this and it's fine on such a huge platform. I had no idea what I was doing at the time because I was just doing what felt right for me. But to come out and see that many people that were like, oh, you made me feel inspired was like crazy. And it made everything that I went through so worth it. I love that. And ultimately that's what kind of turned it around,
0: I guess, for you. And then you went on to win. And I'll never forget your face. I mean, Maura's face was a whole other thing, but your face, you were literally like, huh? Like I remember Greg Greg went to grab you. (laughs) And he was just like, oh, my God. And then you were just like, huh?
1: So I think the reason why I was so shocked is because if you look back on previous seasons on Love Island, there's a couple from the start and they have a lovely journey ah. and they go all the way through in the win. And that's the standard. So it's like Molly and Tommy have got this in the bag. right? So I had no idea that people actually were rooting for me that hard. I had no concept of it whatsoever. So when the fourth place got called out I, it was Ovi and India I was like okay well third place is good and then Mora got called out and I was like right second's quite good I was like can't believe I mean it second that's pretty amazing I was quite excited by that I was like second but then obviously you've got to compose yourself so I was like it's Molly and Tommy's time they're about to win so I was just waiting for the name to be called out and I think it pans to my face and I'm looking at them like smiling like she's just about to say your name and then she says it's my name and I'm like hold on hold on hold on uh, that can't be right you're like hold on
0: check check the envelope someone I don't believe it adjudicator <laughs> what what is going on right
1: now? <laughs> honestly i was so so shocked
0: oh honestly but you deserved it though and fast forward to now i went out into london to protest for black lives matter and i've seen i watched your vlog where you went out in the streets and you did so many multiple protests you joined so many demonstrations you got you got care packages put together it was like you were on like you were on this train like you were like I'm going out there I'm
1: using my platform for good like what's your reality like now since leaving the show? So obviously I went to the Black Lives Matter protest because it means a lot to me and I feel very passionately about it to be honest anything to do with people's human rights mm-hmm. so I went there because I felt like you know i I stuck to the government guidelines heavily, but I felt like people's human rights were more important than social distancing at that point. I just did, and that's how I felt, and that's how a lot of other people felt. I was trying to be safe, so I wore a mask. I was hand out hand sanitizer. I had my gloves on. I was doing everything that I possibly could, but it was just something that had to be done then and there because it needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. But that was a really, really hard time because I lost thousands of Mm. followers. Really? Yeah, I got loads of awful messages being like social distancing, you know, all lives matter. Yeah. During that time, I actually, I wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but I just deleted the Instagram app off my phone for a couple of days because you can say what you want about me. Oh, you're ugly. I hate your hair. I don't really care that much because <laughs> I like my face and I like my hair, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but when it's something like Black Lives Matter, it was really upsetting me because how can you be, anti-racism that just makes you racist right (laughs) so that used to get affect me so I had to Mm. turn it off because I wanted to fight these people and be like no it's not about all lives matter it's about all lives do matter but when black lives start to matter more then all lives can matter but now the focus is on black lives matter but then I felt like I was just repeating myself to people that didn't want to hear it so yeah Deleted the app because I just had to come. I had to live real life, and I had to come off it and do my protesting thing, and not rise to people that are just ignorant because they want to be yeah. ignorant. Because I can explain why Black Lives Matter very articulately and well, and you still don't want to understand. So I just can't win. Um, when I was protesting, I had exactly the same reaction. I was I was
0: arguing with people for hours on social media. I, it was draining. It was emotionally draining and then i remember i saw your vlog and i was like yeah. this is this is incredible that you know you've chosen to use your platform to spread awareness and i think for someone someone like you to use your platform in that way is amazing it also shows how passionate and how in tune you are with current affairs and different causes yeah. there seems to be this stigma with people from reality tv shows that you're an airhead you don't know what you're doing you just want fame you've got no passion you
1: don't stand for anything as a person I could never not stand for anything I couldn't do it it just wouldn't it wouldn't sit right in my soul to not stand for anything like how could how can you sit and watch people suffer and not do anything I couldn't couldn't I couldn't even animals everything everything I hate I can't stand it I can't stand anything like that so That's just, that's the person that I've always been. But it's like, it's testament to your character as well, because I got
0: a few comments saying like, oh, you're going to lose your career. Like everyone's going to unfollow you. Like, why are you doing this? And it's like, well, how about, it's not about my career. This is bigger than you or me. And the fact that you said you lost followers and everything, but you didn't care. You're not in this to be famous. You're not fame hungry. These are things, these are morals and values that you hold as a
1: person. Yeah. And I just think, you know, if people... followed me and they were racist what were they thinking in the first place like did I make it (laughs) seem to you that I was okay with racism at any point because I don't know where you got that information from do you know what I mean so it's like those people can go anyway because they're not my people that need to follow me and I will gain those followers back in people that want to see funny content that aren't racist that like just resonate Mm. with me a bit more there's plenty of people in the world if a couple of people want to unfollow us then that's on them right
0: there's a lot more to you than the girl that won love island that's for sure that's what i've gathered from talking to you today and i hope that we see a lot more of you and i hope you continue to protest for what you believe in that you continue to inspire millions of people all around the nation, around the world, hopefully. like I wish the best for you, my curly head sister. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your realities. Thank you. Yes, oh, I feel complete. I finally know exactly how she felt in that moment. And I can't believe that she waited for hours before she even walked out. It was also fascinating to hear how it all works and how the show's made. I've always been curious to find that out. And I love that she's using her platform for good. She's a good egg. I didn't get to get any hair tips from her though, because I was just so focused on Love Island. But maybe next time. (laughs) If you enjoyed that episode, then tell social media using the hashtag realityofrealitytv. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate and review the show. And wherever you're listening, please subscribe so you don't miss out on any fresh episodes as soon as they're released. In the meantime, you can catch me on Hits Radio Breakfast every morning from six and join me for more realities every single Tuesday. In the next episode, I speak to Vass J Morgan and we get into everything you need to know about TOWIE.
1: I've constantly thought this is something I can't speak out against because of fear of never working in TV again. See you then.